What's up, NBA fans? We took a short break here. I'm dealing with some carpal tunnel issues. Uh, Sean over here was dealing with Mother's Day stuff. You know how it goes. You know how life is sometimes. So we had to take a short break for two weeks, but we're back. And the last two weeks brought some bad news bears for Laker fans, even so much to push us to stage in a protest outside of Staples Center. The Bucks beat the Celtics. The Rockets lose. Portland advances, and Joel Embiid walks off the court heartbroken. And literally in tears from that Kawhi Leonard shot. That shot was insane. Did you get to see that live? I did get to see that live. I saw it on my little mobile iPhone 7 <laughs> on the way back from celebrating from Mother's Day brunch uh, with uh, my family and, and stuff. So That's the 2019 way to do it. You got to be watching it on your mobile phone. But it, it, man, that, that was the shot of the decade. Oh yeah, and we thought we had already. We, we thought we saw that already, just like in the previous round with Damian Leonard. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. This playoffs has been. We've been spoiled. Yeah. The we. Way these playoffs have been so far. Yeah, we've gotten a couple. We've gotten four. The quadruple overtime. Kawhi Leonard uh, series winner. Uh, uh, Damian Leonard series winner. I mean, what? Are the Rockets. <laughs> the Rockets versus Warriors was a heck of a series. It seems like you had a rank the worst series so far right now i think we were talking about it earlier it comes to mind that utah versus rockets was probably the most uneventful one that one was pretty bad the milwaukee detroit one was also really True. bad like detroit doesn't even deserve to make the playoffs most years yeah but yeah other than that yeah everything else has been super entertaining the yeah. Warriors are probably just going to beat everybody at the end anyway. Well, but we'll the see. The road there has been pretty fun. Yeah, it has. <laughs> well, we'll see what the word is on Durant and DeMarcus Cousins. Well, rumors are that he might be coming back pretty soon, right? Ooh, maybe this series, man. Maybe this series. Yeah. Which well, is ridiculous. Yeah, so let's jump in here with the Portland Trailblazers who have made it to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 20 years since the 2000 se- season wow. against the L.A. Lakers. So that was another seven-game series there with Kobe and Shaq. So, Sean, the trivia question here, who was the leading scorer on that Portland Blazers team? Oh, man, you're going to give me 2,000? <laughs> oh, geez. This, is, this is Damian Leonard. This is when Ooh. Damian Leonard was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he was even that old. Yeah. Oh, was Clyde Drexler still No, Clyde Drexler was not Dang there. It. <laughs> Oh, come Scottie on. Pippen was on that team, though. He was? He was, oh, but he's not the, the leading answer. scorer. Oh, man. I I give up. I don't <laughs> know. I, I don't even know who's playing. You know, you know, who, you know this player, though. You do know this player. Am I going to feel stupid when you tell me? Possibly. Oh. All right, just give it to me. Rasheed Wallace. No, I wouldn't. No, that's <laughs> I don't even remember Rasheed Wallace as a Detroit Piston. Yeah, that was Rasheed Wallace who averaged 23 points against the L.A. Lakers that year. And they were so close to really eliminating that team if it wasn't for that big uh, fourth quarter comeback from L.A. And then that infamous alley-oop from Kobe to Shaq to close it off. Oh, man. Wow. So you guess Rasheed Wallace was that good, huh? Rasheed Wallace was nice, man. He was nice at at one point. Wow. When did Clyde Drexler stop playing? (laughs) I... I'm not sure. So he went to Portland, then he was with the Rockets for a little bit. Somewhere between 96 and 97, I think. Oh, Maybe wasn't yeah. that far off. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh. But the path there is the Warriors for the Portland Trailblazers, and they move on by defeating the Rockets in that 4-2 series in that epic game six where they just came back and just kind of just – I mean, Clay Thompson just laid down some daggers on the Rockets. Yeah, Clay Thompson was there. Steph Curry looked like his old self. Draymond Green had a really good game, too. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like they were the ones that seemed more desperate to win, honestly. The Rockets just didn't come to play. They they had some bad... I mean, Chris Paul was the only one that really had a good game, a good standout game on that team. James Harden shot, like, 11 for 25, I think. Yeah. And he was nowhere to be found in that game six. Or not game six, but game five at the end there. Um, Only having one shot attempt in the final eight minutes of that game. Just a... I don't understand. It seemed like they, they battled so hard to be there, and then they just kind of did not go out swinging. Yeah, this team is just, I mean, it's like everyone thought at the beginning of the season. It's just not as good mm-hmm. as last year's team. They had a reason, Mute. Now you're replacing him with Daniel House Jr., <laughs> Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers was on this team. Like, 
how are you ever going to beat the Warriors with Austin Rivers? Right. And, I mean, P.J. Tucker did his best. That guy was going out there good. getting his I paycheck. Like worth. Yeah, he keeps getting better. I mean, it seems like he's just a, a normal role guy who can make those hustle plays, knock down the three. But he made some big plays here to try to keep the Rockets in it. But it just really wasn't enough. No. I mean, you're talking about Kevin Durant even being out in part of Game 5 when the Rockets were actually coming back into the right. game. And they couldn't capitalize on that. And then game six, it just seemed like the Rockets were kind of rolling over a little bit. Right. Just not even really making good plays there during at the end there. Um, and it just kind of sucks because at this at this point in the playoffs, you know what they're going to run. So the Warriors just kind of body up and start trapping Harden or they trap Chris Paul. And then the, the play just kind of falls apart there. And the Rockets just need something else there. And Clay Capella was... Oh man! Found. Exactly. Bad. I mean, I didn't look up any of his stats, but he just seemed like a non-factor in this game. When it seemed like he was such a factor in the series before, going mm-hmm. against Rudy Gobert, where we thought Rudy Gobert was actually going to be the dominant one. Capella played really well. Right. So it it's it just sucks for a guy like Clint Capella, where it seems like he's a seventeen million dollar guy, fifteen, <laughs> eighteen million dollar guy, but. Yeah. When you see a series like this where you can't really keep him on the floor for very long, it almost seems like Clint Capella is just a normal average role player, maybe being paid, deserving of like the $8 million range. In that game five, he was getting out-rebounded by Kevon Looney. <laughs> it's like, you really letting Kevon Looney outplay you? Yeah, right Kev- now. That is embarrassing. Yeah, shout out to him. He he made some good plays down the stretch. Some clutch he did. time. Yeah, he was part of the reason they won Game Five. Right. Yeah. Just some clutch time blocks and free throws there. Um, I mean, I don't really know what you do here now if you're the Rockets looking ahead. You've got so much money committed to Harden, rightfully so. So much money committed to Chris Paul. <laughs> um, you luckily were able to lock down Clint Capella, but. Hopefully he can work on his game a little bit more so he's not taken out of this series. Yeah, but he needs to work on his conditioning and be able to run up and down the floor more. Right. And you got P.J. Tucker who's a solid piece. Um, and Eric Gordon who's, I mean, he's he's aging, aging alongside Chris Paul. So is this, did the Rockets just blow their best opportunity? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's what everyone was talking about. It's like if they don't beat the Warriors now, like they are never going to beat the Warriors because, yeah, they can't improve their team from this point. Unless Daryl Morey is able to make some sort of like ridiculous move, mm-hmm. kind of like a Sam Presti getting rid of Carmelo Anthony type of thing, right? Like unless they can do that, that like they're gonna slowly fall down the Western Conference until James Harden's contracts is up, right? Unless James Harden, because he could put put down these Hercules efforts in the regular season, but we're seeing it here now a couple years in a row or in the playoffs where James Harden, you trap him. And he's kind of nowhere to be found anymore. Yeah, you he poke him in the eye a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it sucks because he's they're such a one dimensional team. He's he needs that man needs some help, or he needs he just needs to. They just I think they need to hit the restart button somehow if it's possible. Yeah, but you do you know what this series proved to me, Alan? Is that I think was a question on a lot of people's minds. Is this Steph Curry's team still? Oh, and I think that Game Six answered that resoundingly oh yeah i mean yeah it, they they the last couple this last year they relied a lot on kevin durant in the iso in these last games but when he's out the warriors are just as deadly as they've ever been and oh, with yeah. steph curry just simply turn on the on switch and he's ready to go and clay thompson as well i i was extremely surprised and i don't even know why i was surprised <laughs> by seeing them do this stuff because that's what they've been do. That's what they did in 2016. It's what they did in 2015. Yeah, well, it just seemed like they're in a slump, right? Cause yeah. It's like, yeah, those years had passed already. Maybe you think that they're starting to peak, but then they just step up. You yeah. Know? It's like they were. They just seemed like they were fine letting Kevin Durant take the wheel for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, really through the whole Clippers series and through four games, four and a half games, really of this series. And right. Then, they just turned it on when they needed to. Yeah, um, and Draymond yeah. Green, too, turned a corner once Durant as well. It was a collective effort. But, but yeah, Clay Thompson just laying down some daggers there. Yeah, That's some big-time threes. I mean, we all know what he's capable of. I remember watching him in Game 4 against the Clippers when he just destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Like, he could not miss. I think he had, like, almost 30 points at halftime. <laughs> right. I mean, he goes here for 27 points in both Game 5 and Game 6, shooting over 50%. Steph Steph Curry going for thirty three points, five five rebounds and four assists. 
that's that. Nice. That's a that's a 2016 <laughs> MVP Steph Curry stat line. I mean, he was getting a lot of slander mm-hmm. uh, for being overhyped. Oh yeah, this year <laughs> overrated. And I mean, for a while there, I get. I also thought, yeah, maybe is Damian Leonard the best point guard? You know, Ooh. we gave. I gave him the. I gave him the respect of second, but and then I started thinking, is he maybe the first? Yeah, and Steph Curry said no to that. Huh? Yeah, he said no to that. Yeah, he came back in Game Five, Game Six, yeah. and said, "No way, I I'm the best point guard in this league right now." I think this shows that the Warriors just have too many too many good guys on their team. It's like these guys, like Clay and Steph, Draymond, they're all just letting Kevin Durant do whatever he wanted. Right, and like their games were not actually like to their full potential. Mm-hmm. And now that he's off the floor and they are free to do what they're used to doing it's like more of the same you know yeah i mean that's true but i don't want to say that the it wasn't unfair because let's be honest they still had um kevin looney out there <laughs> jonas jorbeko off the bench i mean these guys are i don't get how these guys keep stepping up like this man yeah it's it's to- it's it's, it's like- definitely clay thompson curry but respect to the team chemistry yeah, they have going to yeah, the mixture of just having no pressure on yourself at all right it's like oh yeah like the t- the big three guys they're gonna handle everything i'm just gonna go do some dirty work you know yeah like no pressure to make any shots to like do anything specifically right but yeah i think this also proves that once durant most likely leaves the warriors are still gonna be the favorite next yeah. year they're going to be just they, fine. They're going to re-sign Clay. Like it, it's almost a foregone conclusion. They're going to re-sign Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Though, like Draymond Green's still on for another year, and Steph's obviously there. Like this team is still better than any team in the NBA. Yeah, they probably will likely get DeMarcus Cousins on another cheap deal. No, maybe stop it. You don't think so? No, dude. I mean, I guess he really didn't prove anything <laughs> this year. But like with so much money out there, I have to think a team is willing to take the risk at this point. They didn't last year. I know. <laughs> that was that was different. He was still like recovering from the Achilles. And if he's able to actually come back from this quad injury and play in the next series, mm-hmm. like that could be enough to prove that he's healthy enough like going into the summer. Right. Let's see how the market plays out, but here's something else to close before we move on is What's the chances that Sam Presti goes and knocks the door of Jerry West and says, "Hey, man, I kind of want a refund on that on that trade deal we did a couple of years ago." <laughs> oh, Daryl Morey. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Daryl Morey yeah. knocks on Jerry right. West's door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll trade back. You can have Chris Paul back. Take man. Yeah. yeah. Give me we give me Lewis and Montrez Harrell back. Yeah. Yeah. Little known fact um, for this podcast, me and Alan are actually in the same location. Yeah. Um, first, second time in the podcast history, which is a year and a half yeah. running. <laughs> right. We we're just walking down the street, uh, getting some burritos, <laughs> and we we're just talking about. It's like, man, what if they had Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell instead of Chris Paul? They may. Is they might just team? win. They that might... seems like a better team. I think so. I mean, just. I mean, you just look at the series. I mean, obviously, they played the Clippers before, so you can just right. take a look there. Yeah. Pat Beverly had what? I mean, Durant had, what, four inches on Beverly, maybe? <laughs> and he, Beverly was just annoying the no, crap out of like him. A foot on Beverly. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, and it's like those were the two guys on the Clippers that I guess even you could say three guys that mm. gave the, the Warriors the most trouble oh, yeah. on that team. So you add them with James Harden. I feel like that team is better. I think so, too. I mean, I think Lou Williams can easily do what Chris Paul was doing on the offensive end. Yeah. He's but, not going to flop like Chris Paul on no, the defensive no, side. No, but he doesn't <laughs> flop, but he's just as good as drawing fouls. Yeah, true. But also, would Lou Williams have ever be the same player that he became on the Clippers if he stayed on Houston? I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, th- and that's, Montrezl Harrell, too. That's the truth. That's the game of the hypotheticals. But I think Montrezl Harrell... Well, yeah, I mean, clearly, I think Montrez Harrell gave the Warriors way more trouble than Clint Capella oh, yeah. even came close. Yeah, like, yeah, if, Clint, if they couldn't play Clint Capella, like, they weren't, who are they playing against? They were playing P.J. Tucker at center at times right. in this series. It's like, if you could put Montrez Harrell in instead, like, holy crap, like, that changes the entire, like, Houston would have won maybe with just adding in Montrez Harrell back in. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> even Patrick, I want to say that with Patrick Beverly instead of Chris Paul for just for defensive purposes, Oh my gosh. I think they go to game seven. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Could that be seen? I mean, it's so hard to say that that was a mistake because, yeah. like, they made the conference finals last year and came within single digit points of making the finals and probably winning the title last year. Right. But it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to think, like, 
if they waited an extra year for these guys that, for like Montrez to develop and Lou Williams to find this game, would they have a better chance at the title this year? Yeah, and I think it's I don't know if there's anybody out there who truly knew what was coming from Montrez Harrell. No, no, <laughs> he was like one of those guys you expected the Clippers were just gonna wave day one. Yeah, but they knew something we didn't. Yeah, that was that was just a diamond that formed out of the situation yeah. that you that LA found themselves yeah. in. I so I, I'm also getting a Montrez Harrell jersey delivered to my door as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, that's great. The UPS man working overtime just I really to get hope that to that you. It lasts more than one year. Oh, <laughs> I think I. I mean, you got to keep that guy. That guy's a clipper now. Gosh, you know, I really hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. But you never know. I thought Tobias Harris was a clipper too. Yeah, you know who who else got it wrong? Paul Pierce got oh. it wrong. <laughs> Paul Pierce declaring that this series wrong. was over. God, I I can't stand Paul Pierce as a he's as terrible. A, yeah, he compared himself to Dwayne Wade. He says the Celtics they won the series after they cr- they actually crushed the Bucks game one. That mm. was pretty crazy, and I was shocked as much as anybody else. But I mean, this is what the ESPN analysts get paid for just to overreact to every <laughs> single minute of the game. But yeah, you you couldn't. There was no way the Bucks were gonna lay down and be beaten by the Celtics. I mean, maybe the Celtics take another game, but. I mean, we knew who the Celtics were. It's just, it's so crazy to me because it seemed like they had really a lot of it together sweeping the Pacers before that. And then they beat the Bucks first game. You're like, whoa. Like, the Pacers might have been a fluke because Odalipo wasn't there. Yeah. But then you beat the Bucks at full strength. And you're like, whoa, that's nuts. You just got to always remember is we've already had an 82-game <laughs> sample size that tells us who this team is. I don't know why people forget that sample size. Because because you overreact <laughs> to game ones. Sure, it sure. Happens. If, if we overreacted every game one, the Magic would have beat the Raptors. <laughs> that's true. That's why, thankfully, the NBA is not a one-and-done like, like the NFL. NFL yeah. Be- because we would have the Celtics in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. But, I mean, thankfully, the rifle team came out on top and pretty handedly. I mean, somehow all Hartford was able to hold down Giannis for that first game. But after that, there was no stopping Giannis. Yeah, everyone thought he was the the stopper. But then, yeah, the average margin of victory for the Bucs was over 16 points a game for the next four games. And in that game five that sealed it, I think the score was 116 to 91. And it's like, this is an elimination game. Mm-hmm. And that's what you bring. You get you get ninety one points to this game. It's like, what are they doing? Even it's be- like they wanted to just stop playing this season, like because they're just tired of playing with each other. Yeah, and that's 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 a bad look. Even that game prior to that, Kyrie Irving just walking off, heading to the locker room with like yeah. seven seconds left on the clock or something. Yeah, and it's like you compare that to like how Joel Embiid acted after that uh, Kawhi Leonard buzzer beater. Oh yeah, it's like he-, he was distraught. He was miserable, depressed. Kyrie Irving's just like, cool, put me on the Lakers now. <laughs> <laughs> or New York or wherever or he's wherever, going. Yeah. yeah, but that's a you I think you hit the nail on the head there. This team just looked like, yeah, they were just waiting for the clock to hit zero the last two games. It's ridiculous too. Yeah, it's like, like th- at that point it's still like a two one series going into game four. It's like, yeah, I know you got beat bad, but like, come on. This is the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Play basketball. Let's see it. But Giannis extremely just going Hercules here. Super oh. Saiyan on, on the Boston Celtics. 53% from the field. 28 points. 10.8 rebounds. 5 assists and 1.6 blocks and steals. Just doing it all. And Malcolm Brogdon we thought was going to be that X factor that sort of helps the Celtics out a little bit. At least his absence. But he returns for the final game of the series and puts together... A final, a solid stat line, though. Mm-hmm. It was kind of unnecessary because the Celtics rolled over and yeah, let themselves be beat anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was great to see him come back and actually, like, play well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to contrast that to Marcus Smart. Oh. oh, man. Who came back for the final two games of that series, shot 1 of 11 from the field combined in those games. And those are all three-pointers for some reason. <laughs> This man is not a three-point shooter. He's not. I don't know why he shot 11 threes. I think he's just, he's he does, he's out of shape. From he's the, very out of shape. I think he rusty. just doesn't have the, the explosion to get to the rim, and he's just trying to somehow yeah. will this team back, like, so he's just got to shoot from three. Been, they would have been better off without him playing at all, probably. I think like, so, he too. Gave him the minutes. He averaged three and a half points a game. But I think that just goes to what Brad Stevens was just trying to find something to spark this team. I know. And Marcus Smart, for at least for at times when they, he made that lineup change, 
they went on a good they went on a good streak and mm-hmm. Marcus Smart was part of that energy. I think he was trying to get that going a little bit, but it wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't there. But yeah, for Brogdon it's exciting because I mean he gets a little more rest to like train a little bit before this next series coming up against the Raptors and he's gonna be a difference maker, man. Like this team's back at full strength mm-hmm. essentially. It's scary. Yeah, we're gonna have ourselves one hell of a series, and I just uh-huh. don't even know what Todd what take to take on this. Like, well, I'm, <laughs> I, I look at the Raptors and I see a team that almost looked like they wanted to lose against the 76ers, if but Kawhi Leonard just willed <laughs> them. But Kawhi. Yeah, but Kawhi just pulled this team into a couple victories there, right. and then I look at the Bucks and they seem unstoppable, but at the same time, they haven't really played any worthy opponent. Like. That's the thing, though. It's like, are the Celtics at least kind of good? Because, like, I feel like if the Celtics had played against the Raptors or the 76ers, it would have been a much more interesting series. And that's a that's that's a cool that's a question we'll I don't know. really know the answer yeah. to. Like, how? Yeah, would the Celtics have pushed the 76ers uh, to six games or seven yeah. games? Or like, would they have won? I don't oh, know. Yeah, I don't really know. So it's hard to really gauge how good the Bucks are still. Yeah, I mean, this next one will be a test for sure. But you want know what one of my favorite stats of this like this series was? Sure, let's hear it. Six foot four backup guard Pat Connington <laughs> put up 8.8 rebounds a game off the bench. In this series. In this series, which was only 0.2 per game off of... <laughs> Boston's leading rebounder, Al Horford. Wow. You know what? This guy doesn't get mentioned a lot, but he's been putting up some big minutes for Brockton's absence. Yeah, he played really well. He has, and I don't see his name mentioned as often, and I've seen his name in the box score. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, Pat I think he was a buyout pickup by then. He wasn't on the team at the beginning of the year. Yeah. No, he he was on the Blazers. That's oh. it. Yeah, I think the Blazers either waved him or... There was some like trade that nobody noticed that happened, but that's ended up being really big come up for the Bucks right now. Yeah, he was big in the in the last in the series with with Brogdon missing here. Um, but yeah, I, I I forgot to have even mentioned him in the podcast a couple of times because he's deservingly the dude so. Dude averages eight point eight rebounds a game in that series. That's crazy. He's yeah, six foot four. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking ahead here to Bucks versus um, Toronto, or actually even before we talk we talk about that. How about Kyrie Irving? Yeah, one last point for Boston yeah. for the year. Yeah, is he staying? I mean, this this is where we close because this is where the storyline for them closes as well. Is is he staying or is he going somewhere else? Man, this I, I cannot envision this team staying the way it is for sure. Like, it's weird that Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie chose to go to Boston or basically allowed the trade to happen, like for it to be his team, only for it to all fall apart two years later. Right. I don't know, man. I, I, I definitely think that it's like a 75% chance he's he's gone. Yeah, I agree too. He's def. I mean, I would even put it high. I'm going to put it at 90%. Maybe like 100%. <laughs> yeah, 99.8%. Wow. <laughs> but I, I'm going to put it up there like the body language. The He's a pretty mm. frank guy on the, on the mic yeah, with the press. I don't really know why he's like that because he knows – because he, he has this high and mighty attitude. Yeah, about he him. so I don't understand it because he talks about how he doesn't like how the press attacks players or comes up with storylines, but yeah. then he feeds the material oh, to yeah. them by being so frank. He's like Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like this weird paradox and it's kind of annoying a little it, bit. It, it's super <laughs> annoying. Yeah. I mean, he's what is he, 25, 26 years old? Now? 25, 26, yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, we're older than this man. <laughs> so, like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that he doesn't know how to, like, be responsible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he's but been in the league in the I public some, eye. For... Yeah, it's like, when you're when you're used to having to be on your best behavior all the time, like, you would think that would mature you. <laughs> but I, some people just never really get to that point. Yeah, and I get Kyrie's one of those. Yeah, he needs his own He needs his own PR dude just following him around. Yeah, he shouldn't be allowed to talk for himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's, so, yeah, where do you think he's going to go? Lakers, Knicks, it's Nets? So, it's so hard to say. If I'm him, man, let's go. Come to L.A., oh, Kyrie. Come to L.A. Would. Let's you go. You want that drama? Hey, if it results in wins, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Will it result in wins? 
It's got to, man. Look at this Laker team right now. Rondo, Lance Stevenson. <laughs> None of those guys are going to be there. We don't need these guys. <laughs> hey, can we, are, we, are we planning on talking about Frank Vogel at all in this podcast? I guess. Well, we don't have it in the notes, but... <laughs> yeah, do we want to just... Let's, yeah. let's talk about I, I, Frank I, I, Vogel. I want to hear your thoughts on Frank Vogel because, like... I mean, we have to touch on the Lakers at least a little bit from all the events this past week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you got playoff basketball, then you got LA TMZ headlines. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it, it, oh, what a contrast. But Frank Vogel, you know, he's a solid coach. Double, two trips to the Eastern Conference Finals against yeah. Miami Heat. I mean, that Pacer team was outmatched every <laughs> yeah. year. I mean, yeah, that's not fair. The fact that they pushed one to seven games is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they ever really had a real chance of beating that LeBron Heat team. But the fact that he got there is pretty good. He's a solid coach. I just think the whole Jason Kidd thing is that's so, so ridiculous, funny, and weird. <laughs> like Classic I, Lakers front office. Yeah, I just don't understand it. Like... Jason Kidd is seems like he's been blacklisted from every NBA franchise in terms of like a head coaching position. So why do we have to go in there and give him this? Why do we have to pay this man a favor and give him an assistant coaching position? It's like, is Kurt Rambis like best friends with him or something? Like that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Because like, otherwise like he has a terrible history. Like I think he was like a domestic abuser. Well, he's, yeah, he's got the DUIs. He's got the, uh, yeah, he's been arrested for domestic violence. I mean, beat up his pregnant girlfriend. And I mean, the the details on that police report are pretty brutal. I read it a couple years ago. Um, I don't want to go into it here, but still, like he has this history, and you know, we're the LA, the Lakers are the LA market media capital. So the last thing you want is characters like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I just, just don't understand. Like, sure, like we could say like the past is in the past, but like there's other guys out there that like you don't have to like think about that at all, right? There is no lack of talent at the level that Jason Kidd is at in terms yeah. of head coaching. What is X's and O's. Yeah. What is interesting though is that um, the, when the Bucks players are interviewed, they all were like very high praise of him. Like even though like he didn't le- end up leading them anywhere in the playoffs. Right. But as far as like young development, they said that he was like very beneficial. Right. He's a players' coach, and I could see that. I mean, he's an NBA legend. These kids are. I'm sure they look up to him in there, oh, and he's yeah. he's full of basketball Probably knowledge. Poster of him in the, in their room, right? But I just I just don't think he's the best guy for the Lakers. I just don't see it. Not just yeah. not I meant because of the the non basketball reasons, and also the basketball reasons just don't don't really stand out to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wasn't in that interview room, so who knows what he said? But um, I, I I'm I'm kind of neutral about Frank Vogel. I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a safe option. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed though that Tyron Lue didn't get the job. I mean, he's got an NBA, he's got the NBA championships, but well, he's probably told that Jason Kidd was gonna be the coach of one at one point. <laughs> right. Like, well, I want to have an actual coaching job, not a temporary one. Yeah, and so the jokes are that it's only a matter of time before Jason Kidd backstabs <laughs> Frank Vogel and takes yeah. the position. Oh, I hope that's not true, but uh, you never know. <laughs> Do you think so? Kurt Rambis, like, how good was he for the Lakers? when he was a player like Kurt Rambis like yeah how, like where does he rank I mean let's see probably like I mean lower than Eric Gordon for the Rockets I mean he's not yeah. he was never a third it's like, option so yeah it's not like he was like a Laker legend at all no it's I like, mean Laker fans remember him as a good player he's a solid player yeah he's a he's a good player but like it's not like we should be like all up in arms or like all like Oh, Kurt Rambis is like he's awesome. No, Kurt yeah. Rambis has it a terrible. Seem like, doesn't seem like anyone's embracing no. him at all. <laughs> no, Kurt Rambis was a solid player. I mean, probably I'm trying to think somebody quickly like Sean Livingston, maybe for the Warriors no, level. That's like, <laughs> yeah, pretty solid, nothing. Like solid off the bench, but I mean, if you're gonna go, who's gonna score the ball? You got Johnson, uh, James Worthy, Kareem, Michael Cooper. Yeah, you got a couple play characters there that you'd put over oh, yeah. Kurt Rambis. Hundred percent. Um, but and I mean, even outside of a, the player perspective, like as a head coach, he has a bad record yeah. <laughs> as the president of basketball operations with Phil Jackson in New York, head coach for the Timberwolves, bad record there. Yeah, there's really nothing that stands out <laughs> that says this guy's a genius other than maybe his relationship with Phil Jackson. Right. 
which Phil Jackson's schemes already have kind of like run their course. The right. triangle offense was the thing of the 2000s. Now, yeah. Now it's like they tried to do it in New York and it just didn't work. I just don't see it, no. I mean, everybody's taken what the triangle offense offers and just layered on top of it. Yeah. So now you have even you better versions of it. You with the triangle. No. I yeah. mean, the triangle off, I mean, it's just a different era. I mean, there's different logistics of how basketball is different now than it yeah, was then. Right. Um, but anyways, one last point on the Lakers there is I think it seems even more that Kurt Rambis and Phil Jackson may be just in the, in the background running this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phil Jackson like having a say still is like pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see where this team goes. I mean, tomorrow's a draft lottery, so. Yeah. Yeah, Zion, man, that 2%. Let's see what that 2% lands yeah. is. The Clippers got Blake Griffin all those years ago. Lakers can get Zion. They beat those odds. That's right. Um, so moving on, let's go to real basketball, the playoffs. Yeah. So the Blazers beat the Nuggets in what could be one of the most epic second round matchups oh I've gosh. seen. And so evenly matched. The most evenly matched teams ever. I, it's crazy to say that, though, because I thought the Blazers were the serious underdog coming into this series. Did you, even after they just destroyed OKC? Yeah, because here's the thing is, I just don't think OKC is really as good as we think they are. Yeah, but they destroyed them. They did. Yeah. And Denver barely beat San Antonio Spurs, who a lot of people wrote off as like a very easy win. Mm-hmm. There's a team with not very much, exp- like pretty much zero outside of Millsap experience going into the playoffs. Yeah. And they almost beat them. And, you know, and they, they really should have beat them. They were up by 20 points in the first half of that game seven. They were. So you're, so you're going strongly that this is an evenly matched, evenly matched oh, series. hundred percent. It was it was as close to fifty fifty as possible. True. It could have gone either way. That that quadruple overtime game, man. Yeah. If that goes the other way, the Nuggets win the series. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's crazy that it came. So this is where I'm at in my head. I don't see how this is evenly matched. Like Enes Kanter has like one arm. <laughs> Zach Collins. Zach Collins has to foul on every play to play defense. <laughs> and in it this worked. Game. It, it did, did just enough. You got Rodney Hood out there. You got Miles Leonard playing some little tiny bits of minutes. Evan Turner had to have the two best games of his career <laughs> here. But you have the star power. Yeah. You have Dame. And more importantly, you have CJ McCollum, who is proving more and more that he's a top 20 player in this league. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, this series, I mean, if OKC sort of showed who CJ McCollum is, then the Denver series solidified that CJ McCollum He's not just a second fiddle type guy, man. This guy's a near all-star. Over. Yeah, he took yeah. over like 17 for 29 in that game seven, 37 so points good. and nine rebounds. Three shots in a row from that elbow just yes. nails it. Tory Craig, Paul Mills, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he got away with a few little push-offs there with the he elbow. He did. But you don't call those in a playoff game. No. I mean, he made the shot. So, yeah. yeah, he gets all the credit there. And, man... It takes a lot, you know, to like believe in yourself and you have a guy like Damian Lillard who you know is an all-world scorer in the clutch, but you end up taking over the game when it matters most. Like right. that says a lot. Yeah, and that's what I was a bit fearful of like when it came down to the stretch, I was like, man, Portland's going to freak out, give the ball to Damian, and he's going to mm-hmm. chuck a 3 and <laughs> it's not going to go, but they went to McCollin and he mm-hmm. was calm, got to that elbow spot, nailed it again, nailed it. Yeah. Um and closed it again with that little slight push off on Tory Craig. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but he did it. Um, Damian Leonard, just not really, the ball just not really falling for him in that game seven, which is fine because it wasn't falling for really anybody. <laughs> I mean, in the Nuggets, you got Joe Kick, 29 points, 13 rebounds. He shot 42%. Man. But outside of that, the rest of that Nuggets team shot 37% wow. from the field. Murray, 4 for 18. Mills had 3 for 13. Gary Harris, not too yeah, bad, Gary 7 Harris for 11. Game, yeah. But yeah, you look at Lillard, three for seventeen. I mean, he did make that one clutch three oh, um, on the corner the, the game. Yeah, that put them up seven. Yeah, and from there it seemed like Portland had. I mean, it, it was a super close game the rest of the way, obviously. But that three was huge at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. So I guess like if you if you had to give the game ball to anybody, because I'm gonna throw this guy and I'm gonna throw Evan Turner in there no, for game seven, man. Eight for nine ball? from the free throw line. 19 minutes he posts up a couple players close the <laughs> yeah. game down get some steals in there 
Yeah, he had a good game, but you're talking about the game ball? It's CJ McCollum. No chance to Evan Turner. No, no chance to Evan Turner. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just saying, CJ McCollum, I'm sure, has gotten his fair share of game balls. He, yeah, he has. I mean, Evan Turner, I mean, if you wanted to give a pity game ball to Evan Turner, <laughs> I guess you could. I mean, he made some clutch free throws, sure. He made some good shots. I mean, Zach Collins, I, he had a great, was it game six? Mm-hmm. Where he had five blocks yeah. off the bench. That's insane. Yeah, and against the big, I mean, Portland just had to throw whatever they could at Joe Kick, oh my the gosh. big guy. They, they couldn't stop him. No. Like, man, for a 24-year-old man, <laughs> he played so well. Yeah. Like, this team is scary moving forward. All these guys are still on their, like, really, like, their rookie contracts almost. Right. Jamal Murray's still extremely young. Yeah. Yeah, he's only, like, 22 mm-hmm. right now. Like, it's insane how good these I'm, I'm honestly impressed that they even beat the Spurs because the Spurs have all the playoff tenure. They have Greg Popovich as their coach. And the Nuggets just still came out and beat them. Yeah. And then a seven-game series that went down to the last second against Portland. It's like, these guys are going to come back even stronger next year, I feel. Oh, yeah. This Game 7 moment was basically, I think, what that sweep against Portland last year probably felt like to them. Oh, yeah. They took yeah. that sweep, and now they're, they're going on this redemption yeah. tour all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And... We might see the Nuggets do that next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't be sad if you're the Nuggets, though. You know, like, you played your hearts out yeah, the entire I, game. I mean, CJ made some hard shots. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's all it comes down to at the end. It's like, you only lost by a couple points. Yeah, and I mean, the Nuggets, I mean, kudos to the Nuggets because they probably would have lost by even more, but the the Trailblazers put them on the free throw line, like, three, mm. three plays in a I row know, right there yeah. down the stretch, and they <laughs> nailed those free throws. Right. Unfortunately for them, Jokic just didn't make that one free that throw. one to, free throw would have or would have put them down by one right. instead of two, and then Evan Turner came back, made those two free throws to make it four. a four-point game. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, he'll, he, be kicking, he'll be shooting free throws a lot this summer. <laughs> I bet. But here's I think the funny stat was, like, I had mentioned Zach Collins. It seemed like... The only way you could play defense was by fouling. But, yeah, this guy averaged four <laughs> personal fouls the entire series on 21 minutes. Oh, he got man. his two blocks, though, on that series. But, I mean, five personal fouls in Game 7 for only 23 minutes. Like, yeah, he's fouling every couple <laughs> so, every couple minutes here. But, hey, it's like, it's like the Warriors' reserve strategy, you know? It, it's like he got to do the same thing. Just go in for 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. cause havoc, have no pressure to do anything whatsoever. And whatever good you do, it's like, wow, I didn't expect that one. <laughs> but that was great that he able, able to come up huge for them, 2.1 2. 2. blocks per game when Ennis Cantor really needed the help. Oh, the dude, yeah. The dude has one arm. He, <laughs> he doesn't eat anything during the whole day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you needed someone to back you up in that situation. And Zach Collins is up to the task. Yeah, so... How much of Ennis Cantor is left here for the Golden State Warriors series? 10%. I give him 10% generously. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This man, like, I don't think people understand what a separated shoulder really is. It's like the ligament is literally, like, off of its normal position. Yeah. Like, it does not just go back in like a dislocation. Yeah. How much, what percentage of Ennis Cantor you think was hoping this <laughs> Portland wasn't going to win this game seven? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'll give him like 90%. Yeah, he's like, like okay. Oh my God, he's like, game man. seven, second round. That's respectable. Like, That's respectable. Start again. Yeah. Oh, man. He's making Nurkic look bad, too, honestly. It's like, bro, you can't play right now? Yeah. And I have the, one arm. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you just, and that's the NBA playoffs. It's like, you fight this huge series. Like, four overtimes like <laughs> game seven like back and forth from flat flights from portland to denver right um and all of a sudden it starts all over and none of that means anything anymore <laughs> know, yeah yeah now it's like well good job you got yeah. to celebrate for one night now yeah you gotta go travel to golden state mm-hmm. well at least it's a shorter flight but who who do you think takes it you still got the warriors here it's over portland warriors. it's not even yeah it might even be like a five game series Ah, I'm thinking the same. I just don't think there's enough gas left in these guys to no. really push this. But for the Nuggets, gotta say it, Isaiah Thomas did not play a single minute <laughs> again. He didn't. And I was I was thinking, uh, like, just looking back at it, like, where was the pocket for him to have even gotten a chance? And there really wasn't any except for that quadruple overtime quadruple overtime you don't even put him in i i was i was a little like why not you know give him like 
dude, at that point, you know, I was using the Super Smash Brothers analogy. Like, at that point, everybody's, like, 200% damage. Like, all it takes is a peck to fly right. off the stage. Like, yeah. put in a dude like, that's 0% damage. Yeah, Portland had Rodney Hood. You got to come in with Isaiah Thomas, you know? It's like, I know the guys that are, that are young, so you think they can handle it. But, mm-hmm. like, Isaiah Thomas can shoot. Yeah, man, he just... All he's got to do is just run off a couple pin downs, and they can't. They're so gassed, they're yeah, not going to be able to keep up. Keep up with him. He could have drove on him. Yeah, or yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but oh well, Mike Malone will probably be smacking himself in the forehead there. Are we going to see Isaiah Thomas in the NBA next year? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that a hard question? That is a hard question, and I feel sad saying that. I don't know if I would give him a contract if I'm a general manager in the NBA. He was a top five MVP candidate. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, that injury was rough, and the odds were already stacked against him. But anyways, I mean, he still had a hell of an NBA career if this is where I it know. ends. Yeah, not a lot of people get to ascend to the same level he got to. So at least he got to taste it. Right, exactly. So moving on here, the Raptors taking down the 76ers. This series too, Kawhi man. Leonard, man. The Southern California native pulls the Canadian team <laughs> all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like he literally just put him up in a air bl- hot air balloon, tied that hot air balloon on his waist, just dragged and- them with him to the <laughs> yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. It's like the Raptors' curse wanted to stay, but Kawhi Leonard was not having any part of it. No man, Pascal Siakam. I mean, he played solid. Kyle Lowry at times was not there. Freddie Van Fleet at times was not there. Marcus Saul, man, Marcus Saul was put just up numbers, huh? He didn't put up any numbers. No, I don't know. Marcus Saul is really just not. I mean, he's got he guess his defense on Embiid. He did. That's he, what did. he did. He played some big boy defense. I think it yeah. threw Embiid <laughs> off at the start oh, of the yeah, series. Definitely. Um, but Kawhi Leonard here averaging thirty five points on fifty three percent shooting and ten rebounds through this whole series. Um, wow. I mean, he did not see any regression from the Orlando series while. Pascal Siakam went from 19 point oh went down to 19 points and 44% shooting after averaging 22 points on 53% shooting against the Magic. I mean, I guess it's a little bit tougher when you have Embiid and and Tobias Harris on you instead of <laughs> right, instead John- Jonathan Isaac, <laughs> Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier, or Fournier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean Siakam still had a great series. Um, didn't didn't have the best game seven, but mm-hmm. overall, like he's reliably the second best option on this team now yeah um it really wasn't the case during the regular season like kyle lowry was playing very well especially in the first half of the regular season you're like wow kyle lowry is playing super good like his fantasy stats were amazing yeah but that i mean as the season went on siakam just kept playing better and better and now you're seeing is like he's able to elevate his game to another level and that that's really it's really interesting to think of Siakam as like an all star caliber player. He's there in the Eastern Conference. He's there. He could be there easily yeah. next year. Yeah, which it, it's weird to think about because it's not a guy you really like. He's not flashy at all. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what his personality's like. And yeah, like a lot of these all star players, like you kind of know what they're about. Yeah. Um, but Siakam just he just goes about his business, and I guess he has a beef with Joel Embiid. <laughs> <but>, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you that can be a beef. I mean, I mean Siakam is getting yeah, better, but him. but Joel Embiid is a top five player. Yeah, no, top just, seven. But like it was, it got a little messy. Yeah, like, that series got messy, and I think Joel Embiid, if he was even advanced, he probably would have been suspended in the next round at some point for another because <laughs> he was only one flagrant away from getting suspended. True, true. I mean, Kyle Lowry. I mean, he didn't put up no zero for seven blender like he did in Game One against Magic, but thirteen points, thirty nine percent shooting, twenty nine percent from three, and six assists. He's kind of just looking like a role player right now. I know. He really, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's just taking over the team completely. Yeah. Which, yeah, Kyle Lowry seems totally fine with. But, man, it's just going to be that, that uh, question you get decades from now. Where were you when Kawhi Leonard <laughs> quadruple bounced that buzzer beating series winner in? Yeah. But, I mean, now that you've moved on from the 76ers, you've got to start looking. I mean, if you're Nick Nurse, you've got to start looking at Lowry like. There is no title chance with if we play like this again. Oh no way! Like you're yeah. not gonna beat the Warriors if Kyle Lowry's only you shooting thirty nine. Yeah, you might not beat the Bucks. Yeah. Like now it's like okay, you gotta move on and like really whatever it is that Kyle Lowry. I don't know if it's anxiety or whatever he sometimes gets, but <laughs> he gets playoff jitters every time. Mm-hmm. He's gotta try to get over that, but I mean, yeah, he 
did play bad, but in that game seven, I mean, that was a nasty game seven. It was. It was yeah. bad. <laughs> I mean, it was an epic game, though. Like, both teams, you could tell they both wanted it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty gassed from a really tough series. And, like, when it got to 90-90, I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we going to get overtime? Like, yeah. It, it should have been. It really should have been. But I mean, we're yeah. looking. We were. I'm not mad about it. I think both teams were still under 60 points, like with at the eight minute mark in the yeah, third I remember quarter. Yeah, watching him like, dude, are they gonna get to 80 points this game? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Right, like Toronto shooting 38 percent from the field, and the 76ers only shooting 43 percent. But at the end of the day, it kind of looked like the rebound battle from Toronto. Just 15 rebounds um, from Toronto versus only five offensive rebounds from the 76ers. So 15 offensive rebounds from Toronto. Yeah, um, that made the difference. For yeah, them. that it was. I mean, I think they ended up shooting the ball like 24 more times than Philadelphia in that game. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's like, it's not all from the offensive rebounds, but that's a huge chunk of it. So it's like just getting more shots up than Philadelphia. That's all it took. Right. Just barely. Yeah. And that game winner, that game winner was four shots, four bounces right no, there. Yeah. Seriously though. <laughs> That that shot was un was so oh surreal, like more surreal than the Damian Leonard shot because of those. Just the suspense of it, right? It's just like everyone was just deathly silent. Yeah. Like if I breathe, it will affect the <laughs> shot. And like all my roommates were watching it, and we were just dead quiet. It was it was unreal. And you see Kawhi Leonard go down to take a squat while it's bouncing. It's taking that long. He just takes a squat to like see if it goes in or not. And then it's just the place erupts. My house erupted. I'm oh. sure I'm sure many bars across the entire world erupted. I was on the car and I yelled. Yeah, like, <laughs> you probably scared your girlfriend like <laughs> shitless, man. Like <laughs> Yeah. So that was crazy. That ball did bounce enough times to where Kawhi Leonard almost went to a full blown like meditation sit oh, down. Yeah, <laughs> he would. That's such classic Kawhi, man. Yeah, but that was like surreal. So one of the things that was also crazy to me is if you rewatch that play, like where he catches the ball and how quickly he gets to that corner to right. fade away, which is like a terrible shot. Exactly, it's a <laughs> terrible shot, but still, like, like that's your spot. <laughs> yeah, but still, like how quickly he got there was pretty impressive because I think there was what five seconds, six seconds on the yeah, clock. Four point two. Four point two. He got to like, yeah, he crossed almost yeah. like half the half court. Oh, yeah. All the way to that corner to fade right. away. Going against the two longest guys on the team. Yeah, exactly. Like that was that was some foot speed and that was impressive and that's as hard of a shot as you're gonna get. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say I think that's more difficult than um Damian Leonard's shot just because of the oh, how yeah. quickly he had to get like, to that corner and fade. Yeah, at least Damian like had space, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he, he could shoot an open shot. This was completely contested the entire way. And, man, you could just feel the heartbreak on the Philadelphia 76ers' faces. Joel Embiid crying. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't fault him for that. I mean, maybe he got some slander on social media, but he's a guy. I love to see. Yeah, I love to see that he cares. Yeah, he's a big troll on social media and, like, in his commercials and stuff. But he loves the game of basketball, and he's giving his heart out there. Yeah, I I like seeing that. I mean, it should hurt. I mean, it kind of reminds me, like, when Chris Bosh walked off the floor when they lost against... I think it was the Spurs or yeah. Dallas in the final. Oh, right, yeah, against, against, mm-hmm. against um, Dallas. You mean it, it's a journey to get to the no, to where they're at? The Spurs. Was it against the yeah, Spurs? Yeah, so when Kawhi got the finals on me. All right, yeah, you're yeah, right yeah. against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so now the 76ers are looking like they're gonna have some work to do if they want another shot. Like, just give them a second chance at this with the same team. Tobias Harris, a free agent. JJ Redick, a free agent. Butler with a player option that he is almost certainly going to decline mm-hmm. in favor of a max contract somewhere. Um, key role players, Mike Scott, TJ McConnell, I think is a big one. And yeah. James Ennis actually played some significant minutes for them too. Yeah, Six guys that you really want to keep them all, but do you have the money to be able to do that? I mean, championships are expensive. I don't think yeah. there's in the last 15 years or so, since we've got, well, actually, maybe better yet, the last 13 years since the new collective bargaining's kicked in, I don't think any team has come this far and not been in the luxury tax. You're right. Yeah. Like, I mean, the war has been a luxury tax for the last five years. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, okay, he's been in the luxury tax forever yeah. as well. The Miami Heat are too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you want to do this, like, you got to bring back at least, you got to at least bring back JJ Reddick and Tobias I mean, Harris. The, the key here, yeah, is that Reddick's going to have to take less money. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's worth 
a good contract that's, still. He's yeah. still a great player. No, that's the thing, too, is, like, you want him to take less money, and you feel like he probably should, but shooting is so valued in this so league now that it. it's, like... Yeah, it's like the, when the Clippers got Landry Shamit, everyone's like, wow, they won the trade. Just because yeah. he's a three-point shooter. Yeah, like, you want those guys. Like, I'm sure OKC is ready to... Th- if they had the cap space, they'd throw whatever J.J. Redick wants to get him oh, on that team. 100%. Oh, the Rockets. Yeah, put someone where Terrence Ferguson is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the three-point shooters are so valued in this mm-hmm. league right now. It's like J.J. Right. Redick might walk away with, like, more money than what Julius Randle walked away with last year. Oh, yeah, which, I mean, isn't that impressive. <laughs> but, I mean, Tobias Harris, same story. Mm-hmm. Guy shot... For, like well, he was one of the best three-point shooters in the league during the yeah. regular season yeah he shot yeah you're he's shooting like 41 percent from three during right. the regular season he's six foot eight like he can knock down the free yeah, throw guard multiple positions yeah i think you got to bring these two guys yeah. these are your priorities which is crazy to say over jimmy butler but I, that's the way i'm looking See, that's at the it thing, though, is that J- the jimmy butler is who kept them in the series true you know like tobias harris never took over a game mm-hmm. jimmy butler took over some of those games and he's the reason they won some of those. Yeah. So in my mind, Jimmy Butler is still the more valuable player. Yeah. There's only so much money to go around. I mean, if you can really just like. Tobias Harris is the... younger, I guess. It's yeah. Like his, his in the, he, he's more versatile. I mean, you can play him in the four. You play him at the three as well. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a little bit older. You just get different things for the for your dollar here. Yeah. I mean, I think in their ideal scenario, they're able to keep both of them. But I don't know. Is Tobias Harris going to be willing to take less money? I doubt it. And I wonder if the 76ers ownership is going to give out two max years. But then it's going to get complicated once you got Ben Simmons later on down the road. And are they willing to keep Boban? Because you know Tobias (laughs) Harris is not signing with you if you don't take Boban as well. Maybe they can leverage that. We'll get Boban, but you got to take five million less. (laughs) Giving your five million to Boban. (laughs) Yeah. But I think for this team, one of the weak points is the bench. And I think Brett Brown Mm -hmm. talked about that in the presser too. I mean, Mike Scott gave him solid minutes. TJ McConnell was rarely out there in this series. James Ennis was huge. I think they missed Darius Darius Sarek and they missed Robert Covington. Yeah, the depth. Yeah, that depth. And Mm -hmm. I think they missed that. And I could see this team deciding between Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and then trying to use what's left there to try to uh, solidify this bench. Yeah, that'd probably be the easier play to make because, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to have to really dig deep into the scouting reports to find some bench scraps if you do resign both these guys to max deals yeah or maybe you can convince one of them to take a six-man role but uh, no i don't think any of no them take it way. No. not at this point no the they're no carmelo anthony no i don't yeah, think they're both, so they're both still great players yeah because yeah. they need some punch off that bench um currently right now so yeah that that'll be really man there's this there's gonna be some big shakeups coming this offseason man like these teams I, I'm really sad the Sixers didn't advance, honestly. Like, they're a really fun team to watch. Yeah, they kind of got hijacked with that Kawhi Leonard trade coming through because they would have beat DeMar yeah. DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. This was the Clippers' grandmaster plan, too, was <laughs> to have the Sixers beat the Raptors in the playoffs so that Kawhi would want to come to L.A. Oh, you think they thought about it that deep? Yeah, dude, it's Jerry West. <laughs> He's playing 40 chess. Yeah. But, man, they were so close. Mm-hmm. The plan almost came to fruition, but Kawhi is just that good. Yeah. So looking ahead, Warriors versus Blazers. You got the Warriors averaging 48% from the field during the playoffs, 37% from three, leading all teams in both categories. Dang. And they're also averaging more assists and end points per game than anybody else too, which, I mean, are, are we really that surprised? <laughs> <laughs> this team's the most prolific offense we've seen in our lifetime. Right. And, I mean, the Blazers have now been eliminated – from the same Warrior team, I think, twice in the last four years. Yeah. So, I mean, that I'm not sure what the Blazers... Basically, the Blazers are coming in with a better Zach Collins and a better CJ McCollum <laughs> and Damian Leonard. But outside of that, yeah. um, they I mean, don't really have any real upgrades. I mean, it would have been nice for them to have Nurkic there. Oh, yeah, Nurkic, man. Nurkic still hasn't played in the playoffs. No, but outside of that, they, they don't have to bring any new weapons for this Warrior team that's... Well, the new weapon would have been Rodney Hood. <laughs> That's that, I mean, he played really well. He did. But like honestly, like he's the reason they won the series. Yeah. No, but, you could. That's true. He he played really well in Game Five. He yeah. hit those shots he in won Game in quadruple overtime. In, in quadruple overtime. Yeah. No, yeah, a lot of it does hang on his shoulders. Right. Like, 
But yeah, he sustained that knee bone bruise in the final game there. That's random. Like, yeah, he's day to day. They haven't ruled him out for tomorrow's game one, but he's probably not going to be totally healthy if he does even play. So the Blazers are going to be missing a lot of firepower off the bench. Yeah. That's tough, man. You fly from Denver today, and yeah. then you got to play in the Bay tomorrow. Yeah, that's brutal, man. The playoffs are rough, but man, Seth Curry's going to step up now. now that's this the, is your time. Yeah, here we go, man. The Curry <laughs> brothers. This is the marquee match. This is like Mayweather's is Pacquiao for us. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's more like Mayweather versus uh, freaking Conor McGregor. <laughs> Maybe. Where, where Seth Curry is Conor McGregor. Yeah, that, that's probably Which more like generous. But still, let's let's forget about the points per game. Let's forget about the the accolades, the all stars, and all that. We got the two guys who were leading the league at one point in three point few right. three point yeah, percentage. Both in three point contest together. Right. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. three point contest. So they're going mono mono right here, man. Oh man, I hope Seth Curry just throws a dirty shot at this guy. <laughs> and this is what I love about basketball. The over other sports is. We will literally have Seth Curry guarding Steph Curry. Oh yeah, I in mean these he's games. probably only gonna play like what eighteen minutes mm-hmm. a game, but those I mean they got overlap at some point. Yeah, but yeah. but like it's like unlike football where you have you know Peyton Manning versus Eli Manning, they don't actually guard each other. No, <laughs> you know it's like. Do you feel like Seth has any like secrets of guarding Steph? He does probably, <laughs> and they're not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's stupid. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, what would be the secret? Like, foul him, or he just knows what's a whisper in his ear. No, it's probably still gonna go in. Like, <laughs> honestly, these guys are so good. None of that stuff really matters. Yeah. The, so the Blazers only hope in this series, and that's if Kevin Durant's injury actually matters. Right. So he's not going to play game one. He's unlikely to play game two. I mean, we saw against the Rockets that who really cares, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to at least take it into account. Like, this is Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, I think the Warriors still win, but it does give him a little glimmer of hope I here. Know, yeah. Um, because hopefully then... Too, I mean, hopefully not too much of a false hope. Right. Exactly. Because, I mean, they really don't have anybody to put on Durant. I mean, no. Evan Turner, maybe? Ronnie Hood, no. maybe? Like, no. No. Like, they don't have that guy. I they, mean, that no, defensive no, they guy. do. They have uh, Aminu. Aminu? Aminu could be good. All right. Mo Harkless, kind of? Aminu is a good defender, though. Yeah. Like, he would be a good KD defender. True. But, I mean, yeah, so they're going to have... Yeah, I think Damian Lillard is really going to step up to the challenge, though. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows that, like... Or, like, he knows that everyone thinks Steph Curry's better than him. Right. So that's a huge chip on your shoulder. Whereas when you're going against Jamal Murray, like, no one thinks Jamal Murray's better than you. Mm-hmm. That's what made him so good against OKC is, like, he's proving that he's better than Russ. Right. So if we can see that come up again, I can see Damien having a crazy series. Yeah. The thing is, the Warriors are not going to put Steph on Dame. They're going to go. No? They're going to go Iguodala and Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, you're right. They're gonna kick. They're gonna, yeah. I don't know who Steph is gonna. He's probably gonna guard he, he Aminu guard and Harkless. Yeah, yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna trap Evan Turner. Yeah, they're gonna throw Iguodala, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson at Dame and CJ, and let's see how right. they respond. Like I mean, we know Drew Holiday gave him a lot of trouble last year, yeah. and it seemed like Tory Craig was giving him a lot of trouble in this series. Yeah, Gary Harris. Even. Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's gonna be a tough defensive matchup It'll for those tough, two. But I mean. Just because of the point guard matchup, even I feel like Dame's gonna elevate his game. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what they have. But I'm going five games five here. Games. Yeah, I'm also going five games. I yeah. think they still win at home, but they're gonna get slaughtered game one. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's a tough it's... man. The tough sequence last five days for them. Mm-hmm. Portland, Denver, now to the Bay. I mean, yeah, as long as the Warriors don't take it lackadaisically, mm-hmm. like I mean, they're prone to doing that. They could easily give up game one just because they think they're going to win as a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I think the X factor is going to be like that inside game. Like maybe Ennis Cantor can go off big on. With one arm. With one arm. (laughs) I mean, maybe you have Zach Collins just really exploiting the crap out of that missing inside. But man, they would really love to have Nurkic for this series here. Yeah. Like Nurkic would be huge for them. Mm hmm. The Bucks Raptors, the other one, that is going to be fun too, but not in the sense of entertaining, in the sense of it's going to be a gritty, grindy series. Oh, yep. I don't really know what to expect out of this one because I, because like I've said, we've seen Warriors versus Portland in the playoffs. They're in the same division. They've played yeah. each other four times in the regular season. 
But Bucks and the Raptors, I mean, they've played each other three times, I think, this regular season. Um, I don't know what to I don't expect. Know what to expect, except for just solid basketball. Yeah, like Milwaukee does have the advantage coming in with three less games played so far in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. that's gonna factor in. Yeah, and I mean, you got what do you put Siakam on Giannis, or do you throw Kawhi at Giannis right from the start? Or I think it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be a switch. Like yeah. you're gonna have to switch a lot because Giannis like covers so much ground mm-hmm. and gets screens and. Like, you're just going to have to have multiple guys ready for the challenge. And, I mean, between Siakam and Leonard, like, I don't think you can get much better than that on the right. other team, except for maybe the Warriors going KD and Draymond on him. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Gasol did some damage with Joel Embiid a little bit there, but I wonder if they're if the Bucks are just going to force him out of this game. I don't think so. I mean, Brooke Lopez is still going to play minutes. Yeah. Marcus Gasol is going to dominate Brooke Lopez. Yeah. We'll see. They might want to go to Marcus Gasol a little bit more inside. Yeah, just pound so. it on Brook Lopez or mm-hmm. or pound it on Giannis. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, Brook Lopez doesn't play a lot of minutes, they just go with Serge Ibaka at center instead. True. Yeah. So they have that option. Luckily, they have that so, for them. I feel like the matchups are pretty good all mm-hmm. across the board as far as defense goes. So I I just envision this being a very low scoring series. Yeah. I think so. I think it's going to come down to the star players, how they play. They're going to carry their teams because everybody else is going to be locked down. Yeah. So did you see Drake pull off the reverse curse um, for Game 7? <laughs> I didn't see that. So he sat at home. He did not go to the oh. game. And he wore 76ers clothes. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> so, maybe. Maybe so, that's... Yeah, because like every game that he was at, like they lost. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't so know that was a yeah, thing it's a drake curse i did not know yeah. that's a thing so, so are we gonna see him try that since it worked in game seven is he even gonna attend a raptors game no stay at home yeah man. stay <laughs> home wear your giannis jersey yeah the the margin of error is too small now <laughs> yeah like you've made it this far uh, like how much do you care about your team you want to be there to watch them lose or you want to sit at home and watch them win yeah he should take it one step further when they play in toronto he should fly to milwaukee watch <laughs> yeah, it in milwaukee in a milwaukee bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be the ultimate yeah please do that yeah, I I didn't know that was a thing, but yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee the Raptors are here again in yeah. like who knows when. I mean, it seems like Kawhi has a higher chance of staying with every game they win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not yeah, they could be here for a while if that's the case. Right. So final thoughts to close this podcast off. The lottery's oh, wait, on Tuesday. Who are you picking in the series? Oh, oh, that's you're right. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a tough one. You're putting me on the spot here, but <laughs> yeah. I want to go Bucks. I want. I really want to see Giannis in the finals, but I also want to see Kawhi in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Can we trade him? <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 re- I really enjoyed watching that 76ers Raptors series. I like really the good. Raptors, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go with the Raptors here in Raptors six games. In six. Wow. I'm gonna go Bucks in six. You're gonna go Bucks in six. Giannis so, is looking too good, man. So Giannis He's wins it in Toronto. Too. Yeah. All right, I'm going Toronto closes it out in Toronto, right. game six. All right, we're, yeah, we're right on the opposite ends there. Yeah, it goes four games. <laughs> yeah, four games, Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, final thoughts to close it off. The lottery's tomorrow, Sean. Who do you think's winning this thing? The Lakers. The Lakers? <laughs> NBA rigged? It's, yeah, NBA rigged, bro. It's all just drama. Who do you think? If So if the NBA is rigged, you think they go late? They give it to the Lakers over New York? They give it York? to the Lakers, but they pick John Morant first. Oh, <laughs> that would be crazy. I actually like John Morant a lot. Dude, he's nice. He is nice. They're like, well, we lost D'Angelo Russell, so we're going to try to get another point. Card. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I... I, I I something tells me that New York's gonna walk away with that win tomorrow. It's something tells me that New York's gonna get it, but then they're gonna trade down to get Cam Reddish. Oh my! God. <laughs> something tells me they're totally true. gonna do that. Aren't oh. they? They're gonna trade down to like four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Try to just get Porzingis back. <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah. <laughs> seriously. Well, you got New York. I or you got L.A. Uh, I got yeah, New York. L.A. <laughs> So we both think the NBA is rigged towards the big markets. Yes, completely. <laughs> yeah. How can make your money? Yeah, so let's see what's going to go. But one more question because this has to be asked. Is <laughs> what, has been, what is more ridiculous of the events that have occurred this week? 
the Lakers fan protest, organized <laughs> protest that had 20 people By show some up. Some guy on Reddit or something, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah on, in front of Staples Center. Or oh Josh Jackson God. getting arrested for trying to sneak into the VIP section at a music festival. A music, a <laughs> VIP ticket that's worth 349 for a man that made $6 million last year. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sure there's a lot of that had to go to his agent. <laughs> True. There's agent fees. There's taxes. Yeah, dude, he's just one year removed from college. $349 sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So what's more ridiculous here? Uh, I gotta go with the Lakers fan protest, bro. <laughs> just watching the video footage from that protest just makes me lose faith in Lakers fans. Like, th- those were the worst of the worst fans by that's far. That's true. And that's who was, like, representing the team right now. Like, that, that is the face of the Lakers right now, <laughs> is the fans at that protest. And it's just so pathetic. And if, if, if you guys haven't watched it, like you have to watch these people talk about just blabbing about how they think the Lakers need to improve the team. <laughs> it is the saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, even worse takes than Stephen A. Smith takes yes. or Max Kellerman takes. Yeah, these are the people that probably make fun of Stephen A. And the, this is what they do. <laughs> yeah. They skip lo- work on a Friday just to go pick it outside of Staples Center. <laughs> I don't understand the 12 p.m. That's true. Why at 12 p.m.? Literally nobody could... At least... Any intelligent person is not going to say like a business student that didn't have class on Friday. That's probably what it was, but I'm agree with you there. <laughs> Josh Jackson thinks pretty bad, but like the fact that the protest and yeah was put together, like come on, man, oh this is this is just, at the end of the day, this is just a bastard. The best part of that protest was that Clipper Daryl. Oh, was Clipper Daryl showed up, and he's like, "This is my city now." <laughs> <laughs> man, what a turn of events. Well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Check us out week in and week out. We'll continue breaking down the NBA playoffs here for you. Let's go. Have a good week, everyone.